previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. You are going to kill Clayton. Whoopsies. Donovan, you had said that you wanted to loot, and you do wind up finding correspondences between Clayton Colwyn and Hoke Venderberg. You don't know exactly what this grander plan was, but it's clear from the messages that the preparations are taking place in the Barrier Ridge Mountains. I'm going to go over to Clayton. going to cast Speak with Dead. We would like to know where Hoke is right now. I'm sure you're not thrilled with Hoke right now. I know you're not thrilled with me. If you tell us where Hoke is, one of us will kill the other one. Clayton turns to Jack and says, I tell you what I know, and you'll bring me back. Um, yeah, I can bring you back. Fine. Hoke is making preparations in a cave just due south of his copper fields. There's a locked chest in the armoire in my bedroom across the hall. In there, you'll find three bags of what Hoke has been making. And you do find the chest, and inside are three small sacks. You're pretty sure that it's some sort of chemical compound? I don't know much about this particular compound, but it does sound a lot like maybe alchemy. I know alchemists tend to use fire as well. Maybe this is a... We can enhance it with flame. Donovan (laughs) takes a pinch of crystals out of his bag and tosses it at the lamp and it explodes. Just running down the stairs and then everybody's like, oh, hey guys, and we just duck and cover <laughs> and again. We'll and duck cover our ears. Our ears. <laughs> but you want to see why we yell take cover? Here, I here, throw here one bag up in the air and somebody hit it with a firebolt. It winds up blowing out the windows of the second floor. Where did you get that? It might have a thing or two about what Hoke's been planning. We can get more answers about this from Hoke when we go find him because we know where we got to look now. So you guys hop on Taylor's back, and as you fly nearer to Chorus, you can see that there is a large mining facility off to the east. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. Hey, Paul. What's one question that you get asked twice on a first date? Can I come inside? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Not on your first dates. (laughs) Brad Richards. Oh no, that's just, <laughs> you could keep going, that that was not okay. <laughs> Matt Smith. Alright, so it's going to be one of those nights. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between Disney Plus and Pornhub? Oh no. How they want you to feel about stepmothers. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I last longer on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> and Brad Renfro. You know, a great medicine for an anti-diarrhea uh, medicine should be gonorrhea. I can understand that. Well, you want to know what is a great medicine for the doldrums of day-to-day life? 
our actual play, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> oh. 5th Edition podcast. And my life. I take it you guys did not like that transition either. Paul, when's the last time we liked one of these transitions? <laughs> wow. How about then we just hop right into the actual episode? That way we don't have to dwell on how terrible my transitions are. No, there must be a transition. Hangs up. <laughs> transition these nuts. Paul, oh, how am I supposed to know when we're actually starting? Well, we're starting right now. You want to know what else starts right now? The Death Saving Bros podcast. Woo! Oh. Let's go, everyone. Find the sharp end of a stick. <laughs> All right. So, last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast, our adventurers, um, Dosh, Josh, Donovan, and Jack, along with their compatriots, Wilhelmina, Finrail, Taylor, and Figus, were at the mansion of Hoke Venderberg, where they encountered Clayton Colwyn, the former owner of the Crow's Head Crime Syndicate. And Clayton summoned a bunch of demons. Our adventurers managed to beat them off. Or killed and pause yourself, Paul. I forgot a big part of the last episode is that Josh had found where the bathroom was at. Oh, yeah, you found one of the bathrooms in the mansion. But while Josh was using the restroom, uh, the rest of the party summoned Clayton's spirit to ask him questions about what Hoke's goal is, why they're after Dosh, and why... Hoke is such a bad man, and it turns out that he has been producing a black powder that explodes. We all recognize it as gunpowder, but our characters don't yet know what this black crystalline substance is, except for the fact that it explodes when exposed to flame. So, they went looking for Hoke, and they discovered a large factory, large warehouse that was belching black smoke and a minecart track which led up into the Barrier Ridge Mountains where they hope to find Hoke and kick his ass. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. You all are on Taylor's back. You are flying high over the warehouse and Dawn has just... Dawned? Yes. <laughs> Dawn has just dawned. Taylor asks, All right, so... um. Where are we setting down? I guess we're just following the mine tracks, right? Well, didn't we say that Dosh would actually have some sort of idea of the whereabouts of where this operation would be taking place? I think just enough to get us, like, to this factory area. And then we were going to follow the tracks to some cave. So you're telling me you know exactly where it's at, and we're just going to go right there. Yeah, I know where... Uh, so I actually know where Hoke is standing right now. There's this uh, this nice chair he likes to, to sit in. This is Hoke on the back. We're using the uh, Find My iPhone <laughs> app to uh, track him. Yes. Um, actually, <laughs> have I met Hoke before? You have never met Hoke. Do I, do I have a good enough description of him from my dealings that I know that there's like some article of clothing or jewelry that he always wears like um, anything no you don't have anything like that think Jeff Bezos to you he's just been buying up a bunch of property and you know that 
You know what Jeff Bezos looks like, but you don't know of any article of clothing or accessory that he always wears. You just know that he's bald and vaguely what his face resembles. But um, the, the way that you managed to get this far and get this close to hoax operation is because when you were talking to Clayton last time, he was like, oh, you know, you go directly due east and then like an hour south or whatever. And that's how you're able to find this location. But you don't know for sure where in this complex Hoke is. Hmm. I mean, if the original plan was just to follow the the cart tracks, then, I mean, we could do that. I was just curious if we knew exactly where we were going. Hmm. I mean, I guess the cart tracks would just lead into a mine, and I doubt he's down there, you know, swinging a pick. I'd imagine he'd be in some, like, office or something. That's a fair point. What about uh, you, Army Ranger Donovan? Schwat. Like share. Sorry, I was just uh, reading my scrolls. What? What are your thoughts? On? Hoke probably wouldn't be in the mine swinging his pick. He'd probably be in an office somewhere, right? If he's buying up places and stuff. Yeah, if he's the head guy, he wouldn't be doing the grunt work. Right. You got any thoughts, Jack, on that? I mean, do we know where his establishment is? They would have you know, some sort of a... I mean, it's right there, and I point over the side of, of Taylor. And there's just a big building there? <laughs> yeah. I got an idea. Does anybody have any sort of clairvoyant ability? I, f- I, have, I have a really strange feeling that if uh, Taylor just flew into the city and started breathing ice and shit, that it'd draw everybody out of their houses to take a look, and then we just see if we can spot him from up here in the mountains when he steps out or opens his window. It's perfect. So we have everybody just, when everybody comes out, trying to murder the dragon. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's she's going to fly away. But she's yeah, really I don't, fast. Yeah, I don't really like that idea. We have no idea how many people are down there. And she's our way out. Listen, likely. you don't have to kill anybody. <laughs> just hover above the city just to be a distraction so that you draw everybody outside of the buildings or get everybody to open up their windows to at least look at what's going on. And at that moment, we'll be able to spot Hope to see what building he's in so that we can go and not have to go door-to-door knocking. Have you seen this man holding up flyers? Hey, you just have to piss him off a bit. I mean, it should be easy for you. You don't even have to be a dragon. Ah! 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 Ha ha, Josh. Okay, well, so let's say that I managed to draw everybody out. How are you going to be able to spot who Hoke is? And you're you're saying that even if, like... I'm guessing that you're going to be far enough away that they're not going to see you. How are you going to see him? And you're just saying that he wouldn't be doing the grunt work in the mines. So why would he come out and fight me? He wouldn't come out and fight you. I just think as a as a commotion distraction, everybody's going to at least look to see it. I don't who's to say anybody's going to fight you. You might just land. They might be like, whoa, a dragon. That's real cool. Haven't seen one of those in a while. They might just look. They might admire you. If you want a distraction, we could actually perform your wedding ceremony with the priest out in the open. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Then we could have all these people witness our beautiful union. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say the consummation <laughs> of the wedding, <laughs> just right in the middle of the town. Because there's nothing wrong with the marriage, but it's interesting enough to make people look. Finrail says, well, uh, Josh, you know... As as wonderful and disgusting as that will be, um, I do only see like one or two warehouses down there. 
Like, one big factory in a warehouse. It's not like a whole city there. So... Are you saying, Finn, that we should just go and look? No, I think Finn's saying he wants this to be a double wedding. <laughs> yes, you and Billy can get married on the same day right next to us, in front of all these lovely people. Well, now, I was actually thinking about that, and uh, he turns to Wilhelmina and says, Billy, I, I really think that you should stay back from this one. I, I, after you losing your head and all, I don't want that to happen again. Finn, do you understand that she lost her head and she's okay? So if she loses it again, like, I don't know what you're concerned about here. I don't think that conversation went too well for you last time either, bud. Wait, how did she lose her head? Well, some, some, uh, somebody <laughs> whacked it off. <laughs> we don't speak about that. Yes, um, <laughs> I was executed by the Council of Nashpara for inciting rebellion, something like that. But, Finn, I don't appreciate you trying to always keep me out of harm's way. If I want to fight, I will fight. All right? You are not my protector. You're not even my boyfriend. Well, now, mm. Billy, that doesn't seem to be my fault now, does it? I don't really know what the hell we are. <laughs> Ooh, lover's spat. You know, my husband and I, we uh, we don't really have those problems. You see, we, we don't fight about petty things. Shut, Shut up, up, Dosh. Dosh. <laughs> <laughs> We're, like, still on the dragon, so it's not like I can, like, walk away from this conversation either. I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> I could just walk right off the dragon. <laughs> Finn turns to Jack and says, Jack, look, as a man of the faith, you gotta have my back here. Like, haven't I been trying my, my darndest to put myself out there and be respectful, and yet at the same time... I'm like, she's not reciprocating. Jack, that's you helping with the uh, marriage counseling. Even God can't fix that shit. She got her head chopped off. She's already got a couple shit loose in there. I'm not getting in the middle of that. You two butt fuckeries. Yeah, You're the sure. one who married him. Yeah. Who? You. Oh, we got owls in here? Who? <laughs> I didn't marry them. Hey, you did. When? We have never been married. Right See? at the same time that... That Dosh and I were getting married. You also married Finn and Billy. That happened at the exact same time. Mm, am I, am oh, I not right here? Yeah, like you it. were like, you two married, you two married, everybody's married. Will of Helleros be done. Mm. Hey, uh, Billy, tough shit. You should probably listen to your husband here. <laughs> <laughs> you did not just say that to me. You're right. I did. Taylor says, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> Taylor, I actually like you. As a person and a dragon, you're pretty cool. Oh, well, thank you. But Billy, we're wasting time here. Finn saw you without a head once. He doesn't want to see it again. Thank you there, Jack. All I'm trying to say, Billy, is... But Finn? What? Don't you disrespect Billy like that again, sir. Thank you, Jack. But Billy, cut this man some fucking slack. He just cares for you. Thank you, Jack. But Finn, <laughs> by God... Let's learn to control that rage there, bud. I saw it in your eyes. Let's let's tone it back a little bit. They both say at the same time, Thank, Thank you, Jack. Jack. But both of you, listen up, both no of kith. you. <laughs> Love one another. Because who knows? One of you could die. Blade up. One of you could die. After you say that, they both quiet and look at each other. And Finrail puts his hands out in front of him and says, Look, Billy, 
all I'm trying to do is say, let's give this a chance, you know? But I, I, I just can't see you get hurt again, so maybe it's best if we go our separate ways. And he walks to the opposite side of Taylor. <laughs> so he walks like five feet away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't imagine Taylor has a very wide back. It's more just like we're all in a line, right? <laughs> this isn't like riding Appa. No, here. I've pictured it like riding Appa this whole time. Okay. There's like a saddle back there. Okay. It's good enough for us to all fit comfortably. We'll keep it that way. So, um, yeah, where are we landing? Here or following the mine cart up into the mountains? I mean, I, I guess we could also just do the same thing we did at the mansion. Land on the roof and peek in some windows and hope we see someone. Figus speaks up and says, Well, sir, um, it's, it's not quite as dark as it was when we went to the mansion, so, um, perhaps we shouldn't do it that way. But what if we had disguises? <laughs> I mean, going back to, we could always knock on every door with a very poorly drawn sketch saying, do you know this man? <laughs> well, everybody here would know this man, and it would be weird that somebody didn't. Do you know where we can find this man? There. Hey, we gotta talk to the boss. Well now, don't forget, I am the sheriff of South Salt, so we could have some law on our side and show up as the sheriff and his deputies. This isn't South Salt. Well, they don't need to know that. And we're the deputies. Did you hear that? They don't know that they don't live in South Salt. We could send Figus down as a messenger boy and say he has a parcel for Hoke that needs to be delivered directly to him because it requires a signature. Sir, Dosh, that might be an excellent idea. I could go with that. And then Figus could fight him single-handedly and bring honor to us all. <laughs> I'll bring honor to us all. Mulan, we get it. So you're saying Figus is on board with uh, fighting Hoke by himself? Well, I, 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 I might need some help, but um, yeah, sure. Are, are we going with that plan, sirs? Can anybody create, like, a... Oh. How far does my telepathic talking go? Because, I, yeah, we'd like to send you in there with some way of communicating to us in case anything goes south. I'd appreciate that. Oh, no, I can only get stay within 30 feet of it. All right, so then I suppose you and I are going together, right? No, that doesn't help anything, I guess, because then we wouldn't be able <laughs> to talk to the other guys to get help. Oh, good point. Or, I mean, what's what's out, like, how big of a building is this? If I, like, and what is around the outside of the building? Like, can I just, like, hide in some bushes or something? And it's, like, you know, it's 30 feet in there that I can just stay within reach of Figus? Oh, Dosh has, uh, that message spell that... Nice. ...that Brixius abused all the time. <laughs> so I guess I could just message, uh, Figus, like, every six seconds, be like, Are you okay? Are you okay? Actually, I think I can okay? do that, too. I think I have message, too. What we can do is we can get a chain of people, right? So Figus is in the building. Donovan is right outside in the bushes. They have their telepathic bond, so they know what's going on. Then at that point, uh, Jack could be another 30 to 60 feet away in, in yeah. the message range. Yeah. And he will send a message to Donovan, to which Donovan can then respond. And then once they get a response, then uh, at that point, Dosh would then message... Jack to where Jack can then respond back to Dosh and then and even though it's all telepathic it still ends up like a game of telephone where the <laughs> message is totally different by the end <laughs> yes we could do this okay so what's the plan am I still going in as a messenger I think so 
Yes, but it's a lot more complicated now. Oh, you you have no backup. (laughs) You have no backup. And when you deliver your message to Donovan, be very specific. Use simple words that are not going to get mistranslated. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Taylor, how far can you talk to Figus? All I have is the same message spell that Dosh and Jack apparently have. You are now in the line here. (laughs) We're going to need you. See, but 30 feet away from her is a lot further because, you know, she's bigger. She's a larger (laughs) radius. Doesn't message go 60 feet, though? I think it does go 60 mine, feet. Mine goes 30. So if she's exactly 60 feet from the message, then if we're on her back, we'd be like 60 feet plus the length between wherever she is, wherever her body starts, and us on her saddle. Well, so actually, message is 120 feet range. Well, we are getting... We're able to fucking spread this bitch out now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. Come again? No, you can't, but ha ha. Okay, sirs. So I will go in as a messenger, and then uh, the rest of you will be in a chain of command at least 120 feet away, and uh, you'll message me just so that I can make sure to let you know if I'm in trouble? Yes. Okay, I can do that. And then if you are in trouble, we'll take it under advisement and form a committee to figure out how we're going to proceed. I would I would like it better if if you just came to my aid immediately. That would be best. Well, yeah, processing but... <laughs> takes at least 48 hours. Here's the issue. For you to say that you're in trouble and for Donovan to realize that by the time it gets to everybody, it's going to be a few minutes that you're in there on your own. And then at that point, we're all extremely staggered for running in for any sort of backup. So we're going to have to regroup and think of a way in. So it's going to be four to five business days. And uh, I'm sorry to tell you, but it's uh, it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, is anyone going to come in with me? No, but I'm going to give you going to give you all of these potions to help you while you're in there. And I give him five potions of healing, five potions of strength. That you definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> five potions of wisdom and five potions of strength. I know I already said strength, but... Strength. So ten potions of strength. No, five and five. Five potions of stamina and then five potions of stamina, but the kind you find at the, the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a total of 45 potions, and each of them are going to help him in whatever scenario he might need. Are you sure that these are actual potions? He says as he's holding them and is, like, trying to balance them in his arms. I think that they might just be colored water. That's exactly what they are, but take them as if they were real, and the placebo effect will help you be strong and wise and strong. The placebo effect's not going to reattach his fucking skull. (laughs) You think they're going to lop off his skull? Yes. Billy, is it that bad? (laughs) (laughs) I know from experience. <laughs> um, Billy speaks up, and she says, You know what? I will go with Figus. It's it's better if he has someone with him. And Finrail says, What, Billy, I, I thought that you were going to s- stay behind. No, Finn. If I can't go, and I can't be of use, then what am I to anyone, even myself? I am going to help Figus. Wouldn't Hulk know who she is? And also, you wouldn't just be nothing to anybody else. You're still a piece of meat to Finn at the end of the day. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jesus. Can't fight. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get it out. 
anyways, back to uh, back to Dasha's answer. <laughs> we'll ignore that. <laughs> but yeah, wouldn't Hulk know she who she is? And also, wouldn't it be weird if a messenger boy walked in with like backup, basically? I mean, I would go in, but I feel like being primarily an archer, I could be more useful watching from the window, ready to help. Although I do have a military rank, I could go in. I'm just saying, like, wouldn't it be weird if, like, you know, the mailman came up and had, like, backup and they're delivering something to your door? Yeah, but if they picture Figus as this small, weak little child or messenger, he could have an escort to make sure he's <laughs> safe. Finn doesn't like you talking about his woman like that. <laughs> I was more saying in the sense of we could actually send probably Dosh and Josh in there with him. Oh, two male prostitutes. As his escorts to protect him on the uh, journey from thieves. Right, right, Because it's a very important message that if somebody found him out on the road and got this information out of him, it'd be bad. So we could have escorts. I think that that's believable. Yeah, I think two people can go. Yeah, I think two dudes should escort the young boy, yeah. I think it look good. One on each side. Would it be know? better if a priest did it? <laughs> <laughs> or a military man? That's probably the best option. <laughs> all right, I'll do it. I do have a military rank. He's like, all right, you twisted my dick. Here we go. Dungeon Master Paul here to let you know that we do not have any new announcements this week. All I'm going to do is quickly plug our Patreon, where we're now offering more content at our lowest tiers, so it's even easier to access additional Death Saving Bros material. Starting at only $2, you can access bloopers, recaps, and extra episodes all at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. And then I'm also going to plug something that hasn't been talked about in a little while, which is our official merch shop on redbubble.com. We have several awesome designs and characters available on a variety of items, so if you feel like showcasing your love for the show, search Death Saving Bros on redbubble.com. And, of course, I always like to recognize our patrons before getting you back to the episode, because they make this show possible. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman and Gene L. Jackson, thank you for your support. That's all I have for you this week. Um... We hope that you're enjoying the episode. We hope that you are excited about this being the penultimate episode in our uh, Dosh miniseries and uh, can't wait for you to hear the rest. So, without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Alright then, sirs. What parcel will I be giving him so that he doesn't think that I'm clearly trying to pull the wool over his eyes? I hand him a box with a hole in the side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going in there with that. (laughs) 
Here's my little Brad, it'd be box. really funny <laughs> when he goes to open it. What's supposed to go in the hole? <laughs> Wilhelmina says, Dosh, do you have a signet ring or anything of that kind? Uh, oh, didn't I steal one from Clayton? I feel like I mentioned looking for something along those lines, but I don't know if I actually... Even if you didn't, ironically enough, in this uh, in, in the pocket of these trousers is uh, that I stole oh. from him actually has everything we need. It has a signet ring? Why is it... Why is it so wide, though? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out later. <laughs> All right, perfect. Then let's pen a letter really quickly, and uh, we'll mark the paper with some wax with the signet ring seal. That way, um, Hoke will believe that it is coming from Clayton. So let me just scribble something very quickly. And we're just trying to figure out that he is here, in fact. No, we're trying to kill him. I mean, like, that's why we're doing this whole sneaky, sneaky thing with the letter. Yeah, we're just trying to find out where he is so we can walk in and, like, Strangle. have a uh, have a good reason to be like, hey, where's Hoke? That doesn't sound weird. Instead of just some dudes rolling into town and being like, take me to Hoke. Yeah, riding into town in the Old West and just like, you and me, outside the saloon at high noon. That'd be so much easier than everything we're doing here. Are we allowed to do that? Have we been allowed this whole time? <laughs> You've been allowed to do anything that you wanted to do, really, but you never came to his consensus on anything. Well, I said knock door to door. Have you seen this man? Where is this man? But everybody shot that down. So we're going with the, with the plan right now. That's what we're doing. Go. So Wilhelmina holds up the letter and it says, I've located and killed Dosh Johnson. And you're now free to proceed with the plan without further interruptions. And then it signed Clayton with the signet ring. You know, it'd be real believable as if we came in with Dash's hat. Or his mustache. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> no, you are not allowed to shave that off. <laughs> I draw my hand crossbow and you see a fury in Dash's eyes. The only emotion that's crossed his face beyond just... Pure apathy. Oh, that's the <laughs> perfect thing for us to take. We can take his hand crossbow. <laughs> yes, but not his mustache. Well, perhaps we'll just stick with the letter. And Wilhelmina hands it off to Figus and says, All right, Figus, Donovan, head on in there and uh, be back in a the jiff. Then we can go kick Hoke's ass. Cool. Okay, so Donovan and Figus, after Taylor lands far enough away from the factory slash warehouse uh, you climb off and you start heading towards the building and as you approach you can see that there are a fair number of people but far fewer than you would think it would take to run a warehouse such as this and um, the warehouse has just been churning out black smoke ever since you arrived but everybody that you do see moving around appears to be loading up, either loading up a cart at the back of the factory, or they are entering into the factory itself. Okay. Well, Donovan, um, where do you think that we should go? Should we go in the front? Yeah, I don't see why not. We're supposedly here for official business, so we shouldn't be trying to sneak in, like, unofficially. All right. Well, um... Keep your chest out, kid. Remember, you're supposed to be here. Uh, okay, okay. That's, that's good advice there, Donovan. Thank you. And he puffs his chest way out 
and start cut since we brought up Mulan earlier. He puffs his chest out and starts walking like Mulan does after Mushu tries to coach her on how to walk like a man. He's just swinging his arms and legs in a really unnatural manner. Can we see any of this from where we are? Yes. Just shake my head. It's like, ah, oh, the plan's already failed. <laughs> he starts walking. We just see a crossbow land like five feet from him. Um, That's the last time we ever saw Figus. So Donovan and Figus approach the door and um, there's no one standing guard outside, but one of the workers is carrying like a lunchbox and about to enter into the warehouse and stops and looks back and sees you, Donovan, and Figus and says, uh, good morning. Can can I can I help you? Yeah, we're uh, we're here to deliver this letter for to Hoke Vanderberg. Well, um, I'm not sure that I know anybody by that name. He should be your boss's boss. I don't I don't know about that. Why? <laughs> what are you talking about? Is he not here? I, I think you may have the wrong warehouse there. I don't think so. What the address on the letter here says. We've been walking this way for two weeks. Why don't you give me an insight check? That'd be a 16. This man has clearly been told to deny any knowledge of Hoke. The way that he is responding to you and the way that he's standing there looking around, it's like he doesn't know how to respond to you. He just is denying it to deny it. Well, that's okay. Um... Are you going to stop me in any way from just walking in here then and doing my business? Well, uh, you, you, you're you not allowed in here unless you have the, the right credentials. How does this work for you, the credentials? And I show him the signet seal. Uh, he takes a look at it and he goes, Oh, oh, uh, if, if you're coming from Clayton, you, you should have said so. Come come right in. Um, Hoax well, I'm office also denying is... knowing Clayton. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Hoax office is, um, if, if you go in, mind the conveyor belt in the middle. You're going to want to go to the right, and then you're going to follow, not the first door, but the second right, and then you're going to follow those stairs up, and that will lead you to Hoax office there. Alrighty. Well, thank you much, sir. And don't worry about the confusion. I won't tell. Just doing what I'm told to do. So he, he opens the door for both of you, and... You and Figus enter into the building, and there are plumes of steam. There are gears turning all over the place. There are pipes. There are giant boxes of metal. There are two massive barn doors to your left and to your right. But the thing that is most prominent in this area is a conveyor belt, which is going through multiple layers of ups and downs, and there are rocks being tumbled onto the conveyor belt at the very beginning, being crushed, and then rinsed and mixed and washed again, and what is starting off as, like, it looks like copper, with a little bit of bluishness to it, you can see farther down the conveyor belt is turning into that black crystalline powder that you found at Hoax Mansion, but where Clayton was. And uh, inside this factory area, you do see more of the workers. Again, there aren't as many as you would have expected, but now that you're seeing all of these machines, it's making more sense why there aren't as many workers there. They just don't need it because everything's mechanized. So is mechanization here, like, foreign to us? 
it's something that you like you've seen some small machines but this much all together you've never seen this before oh my well I take a good mental picture of it and we try to keep just following our guidelines here our directions to Oak's place alright out of curiosity, do you want to sneak around at all and take a look at things, or do you want to go straight to Hoke? Well, now that I have the option presented in front of me, it's too tempting to say no. Hey, Figus, let's go look around a little bit, see what else we can uncover about this place. Well, sir, um, we'll have to be quick, okay? I, I, don't, I don't want to get in trouble, and we don't want Taylor to come smashing her way in here. There, there's a lot of things that she could get her wings caught on. Well, just remember our plan. They're going to send us a message first. So as long as we can mentally confirm that, we'll be okay. Uh, uh, okay. And if anybody asks us in here, we just got lost on the way to the office. All right, little buddy? All right, that that makes sense. Don't don't call me little buddy, though. <laughs> I'm not little anymore, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm 14 years old, I think. And I've known you for all of a week. That's fair. Okay, where, where to first? So what you can see are the uh, two barn doors, one on your left, one on your right. Uh, You can see the staircase off to the right that the worker had indicated. And then you can also see that there are like some nooks and crannies farther into the factory. I'm going to go the opposite direction of where Hoke's office is. Okay. So to the other barn door. So the barn door on the left... It is a large door. It's unlocked, but it's large. So I'm going to need you to give me an athletics check to open it up. 25. You easily manage to open it large enough that you and Figus can slip through. And once you get to the other side, you can see that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of barrels stacked up to the ceiling. With the powder in it? Post-made? Well, they are all sealed at the moment. Out of curiosity, are barrels easily resealed? Like, is it just like a lid? Or do you, like, crack it open like a can? Um, you could hammer it back in place. All right, I'd like to pop a barrel. Okay, um, give me another athletics check, please. Or, actually, you know what? Do sleight of hand to see if you can break it open without destroying the barrel. You should try to melt the lid off with a firebolt. <laughs> Just to see what happens. That time I rolled a 19. Okay, you easily pop open the barrel, and it is filled to the brim with this black crystalline powder. So the post-production like we found at the Clayton's place? Yes, it looks just like the stuff that you had found at Clayton's place. Okay, well, I'd like to just reseal it so we know this is where they're storing all of the post-material. I'd be a little bit more curious, though, in what they're using to make this, though, like the pre-production. So would that be, like, on the other barn doors on the right side? You could go take a look. Can I, like, pass some of those crannies in the back on the way over? Um. Make a horseshoe? Sure, we could do that. Okay, so you go back out through the barn door, and um, Vigus closes it behind you as you inch along the wall further down into the factory. Go ahead and give me a stealth check. 15. You make your way down into the first batch of machinery, and you can see to the left, the first cranny, there are discarded machine bits, and there is some giant hulking figure 
moving those bits of parts around, but the thing doesn't look humanoid. Is it like a troll, or is it too... Like, can I not see very well? Give me a perception check. 19. If you had to make an educated guess, you would say that it is monstrous of some sort. You can't see very well because it is kind of gloomy in here, but it's definitely more like a troll and less like a human. Well, with it being gloomy in there, it doesn't count if I have devil's sight where I can see in normal and magical darkness up to 120 feet. Okay, then in that case, you can tell that it is a demon. Ooh, spooky. Let's slip past this cranny real quickly now. Is it a fire demon? <laughs> Does it set the entire building on fire just being in here? There's like a second guy that just has an extinguisher <laughs> pointing at him, giving him a little spritz every few seconds. No, it's not on fire. As you move past, you actually catch a whiff of an absolutely horrid stench. And you can see that it has spikes growing out of its back. It's just like a big old armadillo kind of spiky demon. Oh, jeez. So you're going to make your horseshoe back because if you go much further, you're going to wind up going into the second half of the warehouse. So you duck under the conveyor belt, and as you're standing there, you can see closer up that material that you had seen being poured onto the conveyor belt at first. It is basically just rock, and it's been broken up so that you can see raw copper. Uh, And copper is something that you're familiar with. But the way that you can distinguish that it is copper is because it is covered in, like, blue and green specks because it's been oxidized. So you see that run past, and then you see it getting mixed with some other liquids, and then it's being dumped into a vat. And then uh, it's coming out of the vat and uh, dropping down onto the conveyor belt again and being washed. And that's all you can see in that area right there. Is there anybody, like, by the conveyor belts where I could just, like, grab a tiny sample of the rocks that I don't know of? Uh, Right now you've been stealthing around. Go ahead and give me another stealth check, because now that you are actually in between the machines, there are more people around. Okay, I mean, if if there's no people around, or if there are people around, I'm not going to try it. Well, depending on how well your stealth check is, you, you could find an opening to grab something. So this is just a stealth check to finish moving to the... Yes. That was a 10. Yeah, unfortunately, when you pop your head out on the other side of the conveyor belt and look over and contemplate grabbing something off the conveyor belt as a sample, one of the workers nearby says, Hey, hey you! Um, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. And Figus freezes up. He's just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm. No, no, no. We, we belong here. We just seem to have gotten a little turned around with, uh, how, well, this warehouse certainly looks a lot bigger from the inside. Or from the, yeah, it's bigger inside than it is outside. It's in full production, so we're all, we're all very impressed with what you guys are doing. Yes, yes. But we were looking for, uh, your boss's office here. We have a letter to give you. And the guy outside gave us some directions, but... Like I said, this place is fantastic. Great job, by the way. Uh, okay. Um, boss's office is over there to your right. And uh, she just crosses her arms and stands there waiting until you get moving. And yeah, we're going to get moving. Okay. Uh, you go straight over to the stairs then, since 
people are watching. You climb up the stairs, open the door, and there you enter into a office space. It has a wall of windows that overlooks the machinery area, and there is a desk and a series of shelves with different files and records on it. And sitting behind the desk is a man dressed in a black doublet with a waistcoat uh, pocket watch. He is wearing black trousers, a red ascot, and he has a curly Q bushy mustache. He is bald, but when he looks up, his eyes are a piercing gray, and his mouth is set in a thin, hard line. He puts down his quill and says, Can I help you? As long as you're the boss man, you can help us. It depends on who's asking. We have a letter here from a business partner of the boss. He holds out his hand. All right, there you go. I'm really surprised we haven't gotten a single message communication yet. You're doing fine. <laughs> I thought uh, you guys were supposed <laughs> to message us. <laughs> I can only go 30 feet. Inside this building is much bigger than that. No, the only two people with message are uh, not in the building. <laughs> you guys were going to ping me messages to make sure we were okay from time to time. <laughs> That's a good point. We'll see if, uh, let's roll to see if Josh remembers to do that. So <laughs> like, yes, he's here, guys. I can't. I <laughs> uh, hate to break it to you, but Dash does not remember to do that. Dash is, uh. What'd you roll? I was just doing even or odd. Oh, yeah. I rolled odd. I rolled, uh, Jack doesn't remember either. <laughs> and, uh, Josh does not have message, but instead <laughs> I'm still upset that the idea was said earlier about removing Dasha's mustache because I'm just looking forward to that that fine tickle later on. The mustache ride. So I'm uh, spending my time just uh, admiring <laughs> his uh, his stash. I even rolled for Taylor to see if she would remember and she did not remember either. She thought that <laughs> one of the other guys were going to handle it. Yeah, everybody thought that somebody else was going to do it that we're all just sitting around right now and have no idea <laughs> who's supposed to be doing what. So, um, as Donovan's sitting there like, come on, guys, you going to message me or what? Um, Hoke finishes reading the letter, stands up and folds it neatly, places it on his desk and says, Thank you. You have been most helpful by delivering this message to me. Pleasure's all ours, I guess. Just doing our job, boss. Uh, do we need to... I mean, we didn't read the letter. Do you have any communication for us to bring back to our boss? You say your boss. I've never seen you before. I mean, you know Clayton. He's got so many people working under him. Hmm. Do you see everybody? Give me your deception check. We don't have company picnics or anything, you know. <laughs> company picnics, however, <laughs> that is something that the uh, Hammerbottom Gym is going to start <laughs> uh, doing in the near future. And really, since all that is employed is... Figus. It's going to be Ambient Ice and Brixie's taking Figus out to lunch and calling it a company picnic. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you can only order water, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I rolled a 12. On your deception? Yeah. Oof. No, on his fucking... What else do you no, think it was a religion for? check, Paul. <laughs> Booster seat, hot dog. All right, then. I suppose that makes sense. If you work for Clayton, then, of course, you'll be expecting payment on this end. Come with me. Hmm. 
Gee, it's a shame we don't know what's going on in there. <laughs> Clayton's never paid me. <laughs> <laughs> and he steps around from behind the desk and leads you to the opposite end of the room where he pulls on one of the books that's on the shelves and it opens up the shelf, revealing a back room with a safe. When he turns around to open the bookcase, I want to read this for a second, but I'd like to cast a spell. Being true strike, I point my finger at a target in range. My magic grants me a brief insight into the target's defenses. On my next turn, I gain advantage on my first attack roll against the target, provided that the spell hasn't ended. I'll give you an insight. He's clenching. Um, yeah, sure. You can cast true strike. Just, just in case. It's, it's just a finger point, barely noticeable. He p- turned around, just p- done. And then he shows us the safe. Okay. Um, so he opens up the room and then walks in and says, All right, gentlemen, please turn around. I don't want you to see my combination. Okay. Fair enough. Do you turn around? Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit closer and touch your butt. Turn around. Meanwhile, Dosh and everyone else is just singing that in the back of the <laughs> Everybody's out of the street, 120 feet apart, just in unison. <laughs> That's your Does first anybody message. here know, because I don't have these written down necessarily, with Druidcraft or Minor Illusion, can I make something small enough and like reflective like a small reflective object at least with minor illusion <laughs> sorry I just went back to the picture of everybody in the street <laughs> turn around and everybody's just that's the only <laughs> message you get oh yeah now it actually tells him to turn around he turns he actually yeah he intercepts that message so he actually turns around and when he does it he gets fucking nailed <laughs> um yeah you could create a sound or an image within 30 feet. Um, Its volume can range from a whisper to a scream. The sound continues unabated throughout the duration or at different times within the minute. And if you make an image, it can be no larger than five foot cube. It can't create sound, light, smell, or other sensory effect. So it can make a reflective object? Um, Like a mirror? Yeah... That that's a tough one, but yeah, sure, I'll let you do it. I say, or do I have a reflective object in my pocket? Like, I'd I'd like to turn around to show the man respect, but I don't necessarily trust him not to stab me in the back. Oh, I see what you're gonna do. Okay, um, yeah, sure. Well, well, you have something reflective. Okay, I do so. I turn around and just kind of just make sure he's not gonna stab me in the back. That he's actually opening his safe. I mean, heck, even if you wanted to, you could just like draw a dagger from your like a sheath or something and hold it. Yeah. Okay. And then stab him in the neck. So you turn around, and he also turns his back, and you can hear the clicking of the dial on the safe. And um, as the dial starts turning, you suddenly see the windows that were overlooking the machinery. They become solid stone, and you hear the door to the office lock. Mm Hmm. Should we roll to see if we remember? (laughs) (laughs) And then you hear Hoax say, I know everyone under Clayton's observation, and I do not know you. So the question is, and he turns back around, and you can see that he is now holding 
a heavy crossbow. Who the hell are you? And I think that's where we're going to end our episode. Don't know what to do. I'm always in the dark. How is it always my character that gets stuck in the room with the final boss and all of you guys are gone? <laughs> like, this happened at the same time when Stop we were done. volunteering the... for shit. I didn't. Everyone here's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Brad's the best guy who can do this. Well, <laughs> these two fruit cups could have did it. I could have did it, but it would have looked wrong. Right. Priest, little boy, docking. Yeah, exactly. So you all said it made the most sense for me to do. It did. Little boy, two gay dudes. Just the second docking. time. Just the second time. <laughs> Last time it was with Caxius up in the freaking tower. I'm just Caxius. We're in there. You turn around. He's there. Door closes. I'm like, great. I got lost on the way to the bathroom. Have you died yet? But did you die? We have message. Don't worry. <laughs> you might remember after you're stabbed. I don't know what Jack's doing. What would make him forget? He's turning around. <laughs> you just seem spinning in a circle, forgetting to send messages. He is supposedly a multiple personality person, so who knows? All of his personalities could just be messing with him right now. Yeah. It's like Thanksgiving dinner in his head. It's phenomenal. Well, we will see if uh, the people on the outside remember message next time, and we'll see what happens to Figus and Donovan. In the penultimate episode, oh wait, no, penultimate is the episode before the episode that's last. So, in the last episode of this miniseries. Are you just making words up? Who knows at this point? Because none of us are going to spell, none of us are going to check them. I mean, you should. <laughs> you should know if you're making up words. Penultimate is not a made up word. That's an actual word? That's an actual word. Well, if you listeners would like the ultimate access to uh, the content available from the Death Saving Bros podcast, then you can head over to patreon.com slash deathsavingbros for bloopers, extra conversations, and episodes. And that should tide you over until you can catch the next rendition of our podcast. If you are enjoying our podcast, we really ask that you head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating and review which we would love to read on the air. If you would like to keep in touch with us in other ways, we are available on social media at Death Saving Bros on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. I am personally available on Twitter at HBCamper and Instagram at HBCamper.14. You could touch me, or you could, in you could touch in me, touch on me, you could... Finger me Elmo. Um, go ahead. Benfro15. <laughs> You can find me on the social media at I'm a underscore B underscore rad. You can not touch me and follow us on Reddit at our name. Yeah. You can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T dash Smith. And to all those of you who are listening in their cars, in their homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws and we'll see you on the next one. This episode was made possible by our patrons.
The following individuals have pledged at the $5 tier. Tad Corsi. Thank you for your support. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Leaf Hollow, On the Rail Orchestral, Something Amiss, The Specialist, and Viraline Instrumental are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Clockwork Soul is by David Knight. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The songs Crusade Heavy Industry, Dreams Become Real, Hard Boiled, and March of the Spoons are by Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The track Silent Motion is music by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.